The hosts of the Real Life Wellness Podcast are not licensed medical doctors, and this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or any form of professional therapy, nor is it intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any illness or condition. All content and information in this podcast is created for informational purposes only. Please seek medical attention for matters relating to your health and never disregard the advice of a medical professional or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. Welcome to the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary Preston and Kisa Amaro, where we talk about different ways to integrate healthier habits into your life. Welcome back, guys. I'm Kisa Amaro, certified health coach, and I work with ambitious moms to help them get control of their food cravings so that they can maintain a healthy weight without deprivation or complicated meal plans. And I'm Mary Preston, and I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a life coach, and I work with mental health professionals and healthcare professionals who are experiencing burnout. If you have any questions about any of our programs, podcast, or anything about health and wellness, definitely come find us, come join us in the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary and Kisa Facebook group, and we will answer all your questions. Yes. And guys, um, I apologize for the background noise. There's some construction going on in our building, and uh, we just moved into this building. So we are transitioning to move to Hawaii, and we moved out of our house and into a furnished apartment for a couple months because we're renting out our house. And pretty much everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. Um, So... (laughs) When we moved into this apartment and there's construction going on, I just had to laugh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is one of those podcasts. Listen, folks, Lisa's got construction. She's in a new place. I'm in my office. I'm on my headphones. I think I sound great, but who knows? Yeah. We don't know. Somebody could come into my office. I'm, you know, that's fine. Because you know what? We're going to talk about sugar. Yeah. And you guys need to know this. So You need to know about sugar. <laughs> We got, we got lots of questions for you. Yeah. I'm also hoping that the uh, construction team uh, is going to take lunch soon. I think they are, so it'll be good. We'll see. I can understand yeah. you. It's just a little, yeah. you know, just a little music <laughs> in the background. Everybody, you just, you just never mind. You just never mind all that noise. Just never mind. Just, right. yeah, focus on us. Okay, Mary, focus what are we going to talk us. about today? Pizza. Here's the thing. We're going to talk about sugar. Kisa's really, Kisa's going to talk to us about sugar, and I am mostly just going to pick her brain about it because she's the smart one on this topic. Awesome. So, Kisa, <laughs> take a Okay, guys. So, <laughs> when talking with friends, family, or clients about taking sugar out of their diet, uh, whether it's for a week, a month, or for a longer duration, we get many comments and concerns about what will really happen Mm -hmm. there you know there's a big fear about the unknown about letting go of something that they have had in their life for pretty much their entire lifetime sugar is part of the standard american diet and it has become the norm for so many of us and oftentimes we don't realize how much added sugar we're eating because we don't specifically add the sugar Mm -hmm. to our food like we're not doing it it just comes with the added sugar already yeah it's in spaghetti Um, sauce people right (laughs) exactly um and crackers so looking back on when i was eating what i thought were healthy foods i was really eating tablespoons of added sugar a day 
tablespoons. And that blew my mind when I first started looking into the sugar content of my food. And I was like, hey, you know, like I thought I was eating healthy, but then there's all this sugar. So, you know, and taking all of that sugar out of my diet seemed daunting and impossible. So Mary and I wanted to ease your minds and share some common concerns and questions our clients have when taking sugar out of their diet. And know that it is doable and that we are here to support you in your decision to go cold turkey or to gradually reduce your sugar intake. Yeah. And, and I don't know if I mentioned, I don't even think I mentioned this to Kisa, but um, my husband, Nathan, is currently taking sugar out of his diet for, for a while. Oh, to see, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, to see, see the effects of, of what's happening. And so I'm kind of like, I'm kind of redoing the whole process, you know, like it's kind of a, a whole new exploration of like, oh, right, that's got sugar in it. Oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. we're kind of like looking at things that, that he's been eating and it's like, yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. So I may have some, may have some, some questions in regards to that too, because you know, it's okay. a fresh in my mind. Awesome. But first, Kisa, this is, this is the question that is probably on the forefront of everybody's mind. It is probably the most asked question when it comes to sugar. It is, if I take sugar out of my diet, will I shrivel up and die? Um, most likely not. Oh, good. So okay. <laughs> no one has ever died from taking added sugar out of their diet. Uh, there's no nutritional requirement for added sugar. Your body can get all the energy it needs from protein, fat, and carbs that come from vegetables, fruit, beans, and whole grains. Uh, you know, there's no reason your body needs added sugar, so you won't die without added without added sugar in your diet. So there's there's no like requirement. Like, you know, you need a certain amount of protein, you need a certain amount of fat, but there's no requirement for added sugar in your diet. Right. Um, and you sure. will most likely experience withdrawal symptoms, but those will pass and your body will get used to running on fuel that isn't added sugar. And so I will not die. No, from, you will not die. From that. I probably, mm-hmm. I'll die at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and, not from removing sugar. Yeah. And no, not green sugar. And you know, I have clients who will ask me, well, like what's the recommended daily, you know, allowance of added sugar as far as like how much added sugar do I need? And it's like, Mm -hmm. you don't need any, like there's no, like your body doesn't need it to survive. It'll find other ways of getting the carbohydrates it needs to survive. And you can get that from just, you know, vegetables and fruit. Really right. And I guess, you know, and Kisa has been saying added sugar. And I, I think that's a good clarification that, you know, we're talking about like foods that have sugar have been added to them, not foods like necessarily a fruit. Right. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Good clarification. Like an but, apple. Yeah. It has sugar in it, but it's not added to. Right. And so we're, we're in this podcast, we're really yeah. addressing sugar. Like that added sugar. Added. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I want to say it like that. Added. added. It's been added to the food. But Kisa. Yes. This is a very important question. Mm-hmm. Complaint, really. <laughs> because it's not really a question. Because it's just the truth, right? Like all of my food is going to taste terrible. Well, it yes. <laughs> it will. At first. But 
as Mary explained on the last episode, our taste buds regenerate every two weeks. So your taste buds will literally change. So things that taste bland, um, after eating them for a couple weeks, your taste buds literally regenerate themselves and you have new taste buds and they're like, oh, this is delicious. And they don't need all of that sugar for things to taste good. Um, so what you may think of as bland food will not taste so bland after a few mm-hmm. weeks once your taste buds have changed. Right. And I also encourage you to experiment with spices. I used to use a handful of spices when cooking, but since taking sugar out of my food intake and eating more of a whole foods based meals, I have probably close to a hundred herbs and spices. So you don't need to buy, go out and buy a hundred, but <laughs> just go out and buy a few new spices and experiment with them and adding them to meals. It gives them that flavor without having to be sugar. Right. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, that might be one of the things that, um, that we go down, uh, for Nathan and I, because Nathan is not eating sugar now. And for me, I'm like, whatever, I don't care. I like things bland. Oddly. <laughs> um, I, I add no spices and sometimes I forget salt. Um, but that might be something to try out. I'll check yeah. in another day. We'll see if yeah, definitely. So, so why are we even talking about this though? What, what, what is the point? What is the purpose of not eating sugar? Okay. So there are many reasons why you would want to experiment with reducing or removing sugar from your diet. And you need to find a reason that is motivating and works for you. And so it could be, I have a, a bunch of reasons. So it could be anything like weight loss, um, to help mood swings, to help with headaches or migraines, to help with energy crashes, to reduce inflammation, to help clear up your skin, to be more conscious about what you put into your body and how you fuel your body, maybe to lower blood pressure or your cholesterol. Maybe it's to help with mental clarity and reduce brain fog or to lower your risk of diabetes, to help stabilize your blood sugar, to remo- um, sorry, to feel more in control around sweets, um, or to reduce cravings, or even to save money. Yeah, lots of good reasons. Yeah. yeah, I think, and if you're like me also, like just kind of curiosity, that was one <laughs> of the reasons, right? Like I just jumped into a challenge. It was like, well, I don't know, what's this going to do? Yeah, um, exactly. It is interesting to see. And if, and if none of these positive things happen, it's like, well, okay. Okay, I can go, go ahead on. and eat for sure. Green, green light for you. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I think a lot, a lot of times, like, we're so used to having sugar in our okay. life. And I think this is what was true for me, is that I was so used to just having that added sugar. I didn't realize I was consuming in the first place, but, you know, I was consuming a bunch of added sugar. And I just thought my life that's how I was supposed to feel. I was supposed to have an afternoon slump Mm -hmm. and feel tired and irritable. And then I needed a snack to help me, you know, to help give me energy and give me, uh, make me not irritable. And I, you know, I thought those things were normal. And then I took sugar out of my diet and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, I don't have to feel sugar. (laughs) Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's worth it. Worth it. (laughs) Yeah. It's worth the curiosity. It's worth the challenge. Yeah. yeah. And it's only, I mean, if you want to do three weeks, it's only three weeks, right? Three, three weeks is a pretty life. good amount mm-hmm. to, to check it out. Yeah. But so, so here's a question. What uh-huh. would I do with my coffee, Kisa? Because 
And we're, we're laughing about this now. We actually we we talked about this in the last in the last episode because yeah. I don't I don't have sugar with my coffee anymore. But that is a serious question. That was like number one question on my mind. Like, okay, I can get rid of sugar, but what mm-hmm. about my coffee? Yeah. So just drink it. Whoa. <laughs> Wow. Sorry, wow. I was feisty. I was a little <laughs> when I was uh, answering some of these questions. Whoa, I'm like, just drink it. What? Drink your coffee. What about your coffee? <laughs> so, but no, for real. So, um, you have a few options. You can go without coffee. No, no, no. No. Okay. You need your coffee. Uh, you can drink your coffee black. Mm-hmm. Um, you can put cream in your coffee or half and half or any other milk or non-dairy beverage as long as there's no sugar added. So right. if like if you choose almond milk, you're like, oh, I'm going to put almond milk. Make sure it's the unsweetened kind. And you can look at the nutrition facts and there will be zero grams of sugar for nut milks. Um, milk itself has natural lactose sugars and that wouldn't be something you would need to take out um, just because it's naturally occurring. Um, but I would suggest like half and half because it right. still has very few... Yeah, that can be a little confusing because some foods do have just naturally occurring sugar. And so half and half or whole milk or uh, higher fat milk would be good, even though it says it technically has sugar, but it's not added. Sugar. Yeah, it's not added sugar. And you can look added. at the ingredients. Yeah, you can look at the ingredient list, um, especially like on milks. I mean, like you go buy whole milk. It's I don't I don't know of any whole milk that has added sugar to it. But you could just check just in case and look at the ingredient list to make sure there's no added sugar. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're going for a more gradual decline in sugar versus like the cold turkey, um, evaluate how much sugar you're putting into your coffee. So let's say you put three tablespoons of flavored coffee creamer into your coffee. Um, You can buy a a dairy or non-dairy unsweetened milk. So like, like we said before, half and half or almond milk or something like that. And the first week, put two tablespoons of your fla- flavored coffee creamer and then one tablespoon of half and half. So you're just slowly reducing. And then the next week, put one tablespoon of your flavored coffee creamer and two tablespoons of half and half. So then you're reducing again. And then the third week, you can just use the half and half. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this would be a way to wean off the sugar versus going cold turkey and only using half and half by the end. And, you know, the decision is up to you. There's no one way to do this. Like as far as, you know, cold turkey versus like slowly weaning yourself. Mm -hmm. So choose a way that you think would work best for you, your personality and your lifestyle. And like kind of like what's going on in your life right now. (laughs) Right. Do I have the mental capacity to take the sugar all the way out of my coffee? Yeah. Good question. Yeah. So, so we're running into, into this question a little bit now, right? It's like, okay, now that I'm looking at my ingredients list and I'm seeing there's added sugar in, mm-hmm. in spaghetti sauce, in crackers, in, mm-hmm. you know, in all kinds of foods, in my salsa um, that I was buying that I wasn't paying attention to, right? Like there's a little bit of added sugar in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So what is left to eat? Yeah, if you take sugar out you know, you have that feeling that there'll be nothing left to eat and you're going to want to reevaluate what you eat. Mm -hmm. I remember my first paleo challenge and I will say that I wasn't really prepared for the whole, like, what do I eat part of it? 
Like I knew I was taking out dairy, grains, and sugar, and I felt like I wasn't left with much to eat. Right. So I knew what I was taking out, and I was like, yeah, I can do that. But then it's like, okay, well, what do I eat now? I'll just and eat I remember, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember eating a lot of nuts. Yeah. Like, Cashews. Like, oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> what can I eat? Uh, some nuts. <laughs> so, you know, but over time and with more resources available, I was able to add in paleo friendly recipes to my meals. And I now don't feel deprived of anything really. I feel that I have a wide variety of foods to eat. I just needed to be a little more prepared and okay. change my perspective on what foods were available. Yeah. So when it comes to taking sugar out of your food intake, this can prove challenging because sugar is added to most all processed foods. Mm -hmm. For instance, yogurt, any flavored yogurt is going to have a ton of added sugar to it. So what you could do is to buy plain yogurt and add fresh fruit like bananas, blueberries, or raspberries. And then I also like to add like nuts or seeds. Mm. Um, and now this will taste different from your sugar-laden flavored yogurt. I'm not saying it's the same thing because it's not at all. Yeah. Don't go into this thinking your food's going to taste the same. No, it's not. But your taste buds will get used to it, believe me. Yeah. And I like, I love like just like I have Greek yogurt with like either some banana or like raspberries. And then I'll just put like some pumpkin seeds or sunflower seeds in it. Yeah. So. Sometimes yep. I even put, this might sound weird because I thought it was weird at first, but then I did it um, and it tastes really good is like almond butter or some kind of nut butter in there or seed butter. Mm -hmm. I usually use like sunflower oh, yeah. seed butter. Yeah. in your yogurt. Um, yeah. It's really yeah. good. It kind of takes like that, uh, especially for like plain yogurt. It takes that kind of like, the, I don't want to say the edge off of it, but <laughs> <laughs> take up the edge. <laughs> plain yogurt is, um. There's a reason they add sugar. It's a little tangy. Sugar. It's what is it? Tangy, right? Tangy, tangy. That's the word. A little tangy. Yeah. So it kind of takes, like. <laughs> takes the tang out of it. Um, but yeah, it's really good. Yeah. And I know that um, you, were, you were saying the word paleo before. And I think mm -hmm. paleo is, is a sugar-free search term that you can use sometimes. Like paleo, sometimes keto, although keto also has a whole other kinds of things. But you're yeah. looking for like, um, healthy recipes of foods that don't have sugar. Usually paleo recipes is what I go to first. And then I look at what mm -hmm. other ingredients are in there. It gives you yeah, a definitely. starting point. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. But Kisa, here's, here's another problem. Um, and this is definitely true after like a long day of work. Sugar mm -hmm. just, it makes me happy. And I want to yeah. be happy. <laughs> yes. Sugar <laughs> makes you happy. For a little while. Just for just a moment. <laughs> just for a moment. So when eating sugar, you get short-term pleasure. Your yeah. taste buds like the sugar and the dopamine in your brain that is released when you eat all the sugar is giving you the feeling of pleasure. And you forget about your worries, your stress, or your loneliness, or whatever it may be mm -hmm. for you. Briefly. Briefly. But let's look at the long-term consequences. When we are... Um, so what are the long-term consequences or results of eating large amounts of sugar? It might be weight gain, irritability, mood swings, energy swings, headaches, skin rashes, inflammation in the joints, 
cavities. So sugar might taste good in the moment, but there are negative long-term consequences. And oftentimes we use sugar to make us happy to cover up an unwanted feeling. This is what we've re- we refer to as buffering. So what happens if you take away sugar and you are left with what is really going on in your life? Yeah. It might be boredom, stress, loneliness, or irritability. See, if you take away the false pleasure, so that sugar is that false pleasure that you get from sugar, you are left with the things you probably don't want to face or handle. Yeah. Yep. And in the moment, it might suck to feel negative feelings, so to feel that loneliness. But let's take a look at what happens in the long term. So what are the long-term consequences when you reduce or eliminate added sugar in your diet? You might lose weight, have sustained energy throughout the day, get rid of your headaches or migraines, reduce inflammation, clear up your skin, or improve your mood swings. So is it worth it in the short term to be uncomfortable in order to have positive long-term outcomes? To me, it is. And you have to decide that for yourself. And believe me, you won't miss sugar as much as you think. Yeah. My favorite metaphor is still, it's still this one, right? Like imagine you're, you're lost in the woods, Mm -hmm. right? Like things are terrible and you're like, you know, what will make me feel happy? Some cookies, Cookies, (laughs) right? And so you just eat cookies and then you feel good and you don't do anything about the fact that you are lost in the woods. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. You just eat the cookies and you're still lost. Sugar rush is gone. You're still lost in the woods. That's most of the time. It's what we're doing when we're eating sugar. You know, we're just kind of covering up the problem that's really going on Mm -hmm. with, with tasty foods. For sure. Yeah. Um, So what about, you know, when people say that sugar helps them when they're tired? Yeah. So if you're using sugar to help you when you're tired, then let's take a deeper look at into why you're tired in the first place. So are you getting enough sleep? Are you consuming caffeine throughout the day? Um, What does your diet look like? Sugar can cause energy highs and lows and leave you craving more sugar when you crash. And so it's like this never ending vicious cycle that gets you hooked and sucks you in basically. You have a little sugar in your coffee, some strawberry yogurt and granola for breakfast. Um, you know, in that meal, you're consuming around nine to 10 teaspoons of sugar, which seems crazy, right? Yeah. If you like just measured out nine teaspoons of sugar. Just ate it. Like think of just eating that, yeah. And, you know, your body has to process this sugar as fast as possible, which results in blood sugar drop. Um, With this blood sugar drop, you lose your energy and look to more sugar to give you more energy. So the cycle continues throughout the day. So if you're using sugar because you're like, oh, I'm tired all the time, it's it's like you're just kind of stuck in this vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. You need to look at a way to like, how can I break the cycle? Yeah. Um, And And eventually, this is another one of those things that eventually over time, um, you don't get those highs and lows anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it, you might feel like it's helping you right now, but really it's also causing you to be tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the cause of your tiredness. Yeah. So it's just, if you are using 
sugar because you're tired, that would just be another reason to take sugar out of your diet. Right. And see what happens. And it's, of course, it's probably going to suck for a couple weeks. Uh-huh. Your body's going to be like, what the hell? I need my sugar for my energy. But then your body's going to find other ways of finding energy and it's going to yeah. be more sustainable energy. Yeah. Speaking of that sucking for a couple of weeks, let's talk about withdrawal <laughs> symptoms. Because, yeah, your favorite I, part. I will have withdrawal symptoms. Yes, you will have withdrawal symptoms, but don't worry, they won't last very long. Withdrawal symptoms can last anywhere from a week to three weeks or four weeks. And this usually happens when you stop cold turkey. It's like that's kind of like mm-hmm. when people are like, okay, I'm going 30 days without sugar. And that's when they feel that real withdrawal symptom. Right. Um, you might experience headaches, anxiety, jitters, massive cravings, or cramping, just to name a few. And I know this sounds so exciting, and I know <laughs> you're all like, yes, sign me up. I want to do all of this. I want the headaches. I want the cramping. I want the jitters. I want the anxiety, please. But think of you know anything you have done that was a big accomplishment in your life. Maybe it was getting a college degree or a specific certification. Maybe it was running a marathon or a triathlon. What is something you've done in your life that was hard and accomplished? For me, I like to think of marathon training. Like marathon training, I had to show up three times a week for six months. There were times that I didn't want to get up at 5.30 a.m. on a Sunday to go run 10 miles, believe me. But (laughs) I got up and I did it anyways. It was hard and difficult and all I wanted to do was stay snug in my bed and turn off the alarm and go back to sleep. But I knew that I would feel so much better after my run and that if I missed the run... I would, with the group, like I was running with a group, and if I missed that run, I'd have to go do it on my own, which would suck even more. Because running 10 miles or, you know, any kind of like long length is a lot more fun when you have other people in pain and agony with you. (laughs) (laughs) Take them with you. (laughs) And then when the marathon came, I was able to finish it within my goal time and without dying. And yes, it was difficult, but the training I had put in was completely worth it. So, you know, quitting sugar and going through withdrawal is the same thing. There are going to be days when you just want to give in and eat the sugar because you just want your cravings to go away or your headaches to disappear. And this will be hard, guys. I'm not going to lie. It will be hard. And that's okay. Let it be hard. Embrace the difficulty and know that the symptoms will not last forever and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that you will feel completely different on the other side. And it will be hard, but it will be so worth it. Yeah. And I think anything worthwhile is hard. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah, anything worthwhile is hard. Like this process that I'm going through right now with like, moving out of our house and getting it rented like it is really difficult and there's been like every day a roadblock Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm just like why are we doing this again why are we doing this again but I know like once it's done it's Mm going to be so nice yeah you know it's going to be worth it completely (laughs) yeah a lot of things are are so worth right and the the easy things don't feel as good either by the way no like you do this and afterwards it'll feel so good Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. But Kisa, what I've heard is, and I've never experienced this myself, ever. <laughs> I'm being, I'm being sarcastic. Um, <laughs> so when you're going through withdrawals, um, is it possible that you might be very angry with everything and everyone? <laughs> yes. You guys, a yeah. side effect of taking sugar out of your diet can be irritability and anger. And this is because your body and brain really want a sugary snack to give you a quick um, energy boost and you aren't giving it to yourself. Your body is used to having sugar as a quick and easy source of energy. Now you aren't eating sugar. So your body has to learn how to use the other foods you give it as fuel. And this will take a while, maybe up to a month. Um, it could happen right away, and it's all depending on who you are and your body and everything. Right. I can't say, I can't tell you like, oh, it'll take four and a half days. Um, it could happen right away, to a month. So know that you are going to be irritable or angry, like easily angered, because you aren't getting your usual sugar fix. Yeah. I think like knowing and preparing for that could kind of help you like. Um, maybe like look for, you know, things that might happen in advance and be like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to be, this is going to happen or I'm going to be in this situation and it's probably going to like really irritate me. So how can I handle it in the moment? Right. Preparing ahead for things that might irritate you. Also, you may want to tell, you know, your family. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a good idea too. <laughs> hey guys. By the way, right. Like I'm going to be irritable and I'm sorry. And it's going to be, you know, maybe a month that yeah. I'm going to be extra irritable. Mm -hmm. But it's worth it in the long term. Yeah, totally worth it. All right, so let's talk a little bit about what what sugar does to your body. Yeah, sugar is a great form of energy for your body uh, when found in natural sources like fruit, tubers, and sweet veggies. We are actually wired to crave sweet things as a survival mechanism. So back in the day when we had to hunt for our food, we would need some motivation and signals that food is good for us and worth eating. And what would like what we would find out in nature, so things like small amounts of berries and tubers, and even when humans started farming, and creating foods, like certain, sorry, certain foods were only available at certain times of the year. So, right. and like now we have kind of any produce you can find any time of the year. Um, but yeah, so like fruits were only available during the summer. And, you know, the sugar gave us energy that we would burn off uh, doing daily chores and living and you would eat the food containing sugar, then your body would release small amounts of insulin, like really small, to take that sugar to places around the body that needed the energy, like your muscles. Um, and then leftovers would go to your liver and to save for later use because you didn't necessarily know when you were going to get more of that sugar. Right. And you would usually use it like that, kind of like save it for later and then later would come and your body would use it. Now we have concentrated amounts of sugar that are easily accessible day and night. Like literally you can just go to a convenience store that's probably open 24 seven and get a Snickers bar. And 
what I mean by concentrated amounts of sugar is that we have taken naturally occurring things like sugarcane, extracted the sugar and removed the fiber, and we processed it and refined it. So all that we're eating is the pure sugar. Right. So if you've ever had sugarcane before, like real full sugarcane, it's super fibrous. Yeah. And, and it's, not as del- it's not as delicious as you would think. <laughs> no, it's not. It's like this cane, like stock. Yeah. And you just like kind of like chew on it. And there's the, like the, there's a liquid in it and that's like the sweetness of it. So they take the, like the stuff you chew on would be all the fiber. So they take all that fiber, they take the liquid, mm-hmm. they're, they're extracting the sugar from it and leaving the fiber. Um, and food companies add these to foods to preserve them and to lengthen shelf life and to make the food taste good and keep you coming back for more. So like I said, we're wired to, you know, seek out sweet things and food scientists know this. And so they, um, put just like the right amount of sweetness in things that we're like, Oh, this is so good. Like the pleasure point. And they, they pay people to get yeah. to just the right amount. They have tasters. They have all kinds of research into this. They're really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, I just watched this documentary called That Sugar Film. And it's this man in Australia, he has been eating no sugar for years. And so he decides to put sugar back in his diet and see what happens. And, and of course, like through this documentary, like they interview people. And so they're interviewing a a man who basically worked for food companies and they found like what they call the bliss point. And so they have like different amounts of sugar and they found which one. And so they gave it to people to see which one they liked the best. Mm -hmm. And they found the you know, like the perfect amount of sugar that, people like the best and we'll keep them coming back for more. So it's, you know, like some of it was not sweet enough. Some of it was too sweet. So they have people who are researching, you know, like what will keep people coming back for more. What will, right. what is your bliss? Point? No wonder we like Snickers so much, right? Like they're yeah. like, we got just the right amount of, of sugar in your Snickers to take you to bliss. Yes. Yeah. Call it the bliss point. Mm-hmm. So when we eat uh, this concentrated amount of sugar, our body releases large amounts of insulin that take some of the sugar to your muscles and then extra to your liver to use for later. And your liver, I like to think of it as a gas, like a gas tank. You can only put so much gas in your gas tank, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing with the liver. You can only put so much um, sugar in your liver. And like once it's full in your body, like there's still more sugar then your body, um, the insulin will put it into fat to use for later. Um, so yeah, then that like, you know, like the fat can be that sugar that's stored as fat can be accessed after like the sugar in your muscles is used, the sugar in your liver is used, and then it'll access the sugar in your fat. Um, so usually like later, you, you know, doesn't come like we save it's like stored for later, but like that never comes and we have a drop in blood sugar, loss of energy and 
who are hungry for more energy. And the cycle right. continues throughout the day and there's a lot of storage and not much expenditure um, of this excess sugar. Right. Yeah. So we're just not using, we're just not using what we've stored. Yeah. We're not using what we're stored. We're just kind of, you know, we're using that sugar to give us more energy versus letting our body access it. Use our fats. Yeah. So that's what happens to the body. Uh, So what's it going to do to my mind? Sugar. (laughs) Oh, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) No, but for reals, um, when we eat sugar, a neurotransmitter called dopamine is released into the brain. And this neurotransmitter feels good and creates pleasure for us. So we remember the food that we ate that creates this pleasure. And our brain is like, you need to eat more Mm -hmm. of that and you need it now. (laughs) Again, if we go back to the days where food was hard to get, we needed this pleasure release to help us remember where and what we ate um, that was full of energy. Right. And now we have so much of it and such easy access to concentrated amounts of sugar that this dopamine hit is higher than we are able to handle. We eat a cookie and our brain is like, this is the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. And I need to eat more cookies all the time. And this is why sugar cravings are so intense. And it seems like we might die if we don't get sugar in us now. Right. Yeah. I'm always like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. This cookie. Yeah. This one cookie. <laughs> the it best my I wedding had. day. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, so we've been talking a little bit. We kind of addressed this in the beginning, but is added mm-hmm. sugar the same as table sugar? Okay. Yeah. So when I refer to added sugar, I'm talking about the sugar that is added to processed food. So it's um, these are foods that you buy at a grocery store, convenience store that is wrapped up in a pretty package and was made in a plant or factory somewhere. Right. You can look at the ingredients label and you can see the word sugar or assimily. So there are upwards of 56 terms for sugar that can show up on food labels. So it can definitely be misleading Mm -hmm. um, because it's not going to say just sugar or honey or, you know, there's things we know like cane sugar or high fructose corn syrup, um, but there's a lot of obscure names as well. Right. Is that something we can, we can add to the show notes? Yeah, I can uh, put the the 56 terms that I have. Yeah. um, And I know it's not an exhaustive list. I know they're always, because listen, they know that now, that now we know, now we know that there's different <laughs> names for sugar. And so they will figure out different ways of naming it. They'll change, yeah. they'll change it just enough that they can name it yeah. something different, but it's a really good start. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah and like- I like that you talked about too, the, um, I think the nutrition label always used to confuse me because, <laughs> um, on the nutrition label, it has like cholesterol, fat, protein, and then it has sugars. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't always mean that there's an added sugar. And so what no. you just said was look at the ingredients list, which makes yeah. a difference. Yeah. So like if you go back to the example of milk, it has naturally occurring lactose in it, which is a sugar. Um, and so you want to look at the ingredients. So like on milk, it's going to show that it has sugars in it. Mm-hmm. And now I think some food labels are showing the amounts of added sugar I've noticed. Oh, interesting. Um, but I don't, I don't know if they're 
I don't know like the law if they're required to, but I know mm-hmm. some, um, I have noticed some food la- labels doing that. So it might show you, um, includes four grams of added sugar. Um, but don't rely on that. So look at the ingredient list. Mm-hmm. And if you see any name for sugar, right. then, that, then you know there's added sugar. Right. So that's added sugar. And then table sugar is usually sugar that you would buy in a, you know, a bag in a grocery store. You might put it in your coffee mm-hmm. or on your cereal or you bake with it. So it's sugar. It's like white sugar that you're adding. And it could be honey. Um, right. Any kind of brown sugar, powdered sugar, and like all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually refined from sugar cane. Um, the difference between added sugar and table sugar is that you would be in control of the table sugar when you add it to your food. For instance, flavored coffee creamer is has a specific amount of sugar per serving. Whereas if you add table sugar to your coffee, you can add just a pinch or two. Um, or, you know, like you can measure out like, okay, I'm putting one half teaspoon in, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's up to you. And just for your reference, four grams of sugar is equal to one teaspoon. Hmm. So if you look at, I mean, like a Snickers bar, let's just take a Snickers bar. You know, that's just added sugar, right? (laughs) If it has, I don't know how much sugar it has in it, but say it has 12 grams of sugar. You mean that was not naturally occurring in the Snickers tree? Yeah, no, it's not naturally occurring. Mm. Sorry, Mary. (laughs) So say it has 12 grams of sugar, you would divide it by four. So that's three. 12 divided by four is three. And so there's three teaspoons of sugar in that Snickers bar. Wow. I'm just saying if it was 12, I don't even know what it is. It could be probably more than that. It's good to know. But yeah, you would just divide the grams of sugar by four, and then that gives you the teaspoons. All right. What about uh, like Splenda? What about those kinds of things? Okay. Um, yeah. So when taking sugar out of your diet for a period of time, I always suggest that you take out artificial sweeteners as well. And this will help deplete the desire for sweet things. So whether it's real sugar or fake sugar, you will uh, calibrate your taste buds and dopamine levels to make whole foods without any added sugar or sweetener taste really good and give you a proper amounts of dopamine. Right. So, so it's worth it, even though you're, you're getting a sweet taste, you're, you're kind of putting off the good effects that you'll get later on. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, if you really want to kind of get rid of that desire for sugar um, and just kind of like that reward of the sugar, then I suggest taking out all artificial sweeteners. And you can always put back artificial sweeteners you know, after a while, but I say, you know, for the first month or two or every so often just go without artificial sweeteners. Yeah. So that brings us around to what about like dessert? What about, what about my, I I didn't realize that not everybody calls after dinner dessert treat. (laughs) That's what we used to call it. What about treat? Okay. What what about it, Mary? What about dessert? What about treat? What about it? I want it. <laughs> I want it. I want something <laughs> delicious after dinner. So yeah, you know, like I say, like, what about it? And that's, it may sound a little short, but really think about that question. Mm-hmm. What does dessert do for you? What does it give you? What do you think will happen if you don't have dessert? Yeah. Ask yourself these questions 
and then question your answers. You know, for instance, like what does dessert give you? Oh, it gives me comfort. You know, how else can you find comfort? Are you willing to feel discomfort? What does discomfort feel like to you? So these are things that you can just kind of question. And I would, I would suggest doing this like not at dessert time, but before. <laughs> As you're looking at your cake. <laughs> um, beforehand, like, you know, like sit yeah. down and like really think about like what does dessert, what does it give me? And like, what does this cookie give me? Or what does the chocolate cake give me? Yeah. And, you know, how else can I get that? Or am I willing to feel like that discomfort? Yeah. yeah, I am. And like, do you even know what discomfort feels like in your body? Because I think sometimes like we're so just kind of, I don't want to say, yeah, we're so scared or so like mm-hmm. in habit of like, oh, I'll just eat instead of feeling discomfort that we don't really realize what discomfort feels like. And it yeah. might not be as bad as you think. And for me, I was just so used to the habit of um, dinner, something sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have dinner, then you have something sweet always. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of blew my mind a little bit. Like the answer to what about dessert was not make some pretend sweet things. Right. <laughs> it's just like, just don't have it. You'll, you'll kind of be okay. <laughs> yeah. You'll be all right. Yeah. And that brings me to like, you know, what do you think will happen if you don't have dessert? Mm-hmm. You know, I will crave it and eventually I'll give in and binge on more food. And then, you know, ask yourself, is that true? Can you allow your craving to be there? Can you let it be present and not act on it? And can you feel it in your body and let it pass? Yeah. Yeah. So what is it that you're getting from dessert, your dessert? You know, just like kind of sit down and maybe you can journal about it and just kind of dig in there. So, so, okay. So say I've journaled, I'm prepared, I'm ready, but then I'm sitting there and I don't have kids. Right. But this is for those people who have kids and you're like, mm-hmm. all right, no dessert for me. I'm cutting out sugar. But mm-hmm. then you're watching your kids eat yeah. cookies. Yeah. It's going to be hard. Yeah. But don't worry. You got this. This is where Mary and I can really help out. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you have intense cravings or desires for sugar and everyone around you is eating it or it's in the house and tempting you, this is when you allow your cravings to be there without acting on them. Mm-hmm. You feel the craving in your body and you just let it run through your body or ride it like a wave. And, you know, when you're triggered and have a craving and don't act on it, you're breaking down the habit that you have formed in your body. So like you said, Mary, you're just like, you know, like I was just used to having dinner and then mm-hmm. having something sweet. So you had this habit and like you were, you know, like triggered by dinner. Okay, now it's time for my cake or dessert or, or yep. treat. Yeah, I had to form and, a new habit. Yeah. And, you know, your body is used to having dessert with your family after dinner. And when you don't have it, but everyone else is eating it, you're going to want to eat it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> uh, you're wired to eat dessert after dinner, essentially. Um, this will be uncomfortable, but know that it will pass. And that by allowing your craving to be there without acting on it, you're breaking down your conditioned response to eat dessert after dinner. Yeah. 
you know, I highly encourage you to um, be present at the table with your family. You know, don't go into the other room or do something different than you usually do. So this would just be, you know, like avoiding. We don't necessarily want you to avoid. Yeah. Um, we want you to be around your trigger and don't act on your cravings. So I like to think of this trigger action reward as um, a trail in the woods. The more times you act on this cycle, you're making the trail more and more definite. Like you're like, like any weeds that are kind of growing up, you are stomping them down and you're keeping that trail nice and clear. And, um, you, you know, you're clearing the path, so to speak, of weeds and grass that might grow over it. But if you are around your trigger and don't act on the craving, you're letting the grass grow over the trail and eventually the trail will be gone in the sense that eventually your craving will be gone as well. Right. So every time I like, if I'm around, you know, like a trigger, I'm like, have this craving. I just try and, you know, kind of imagine that like, oh, I'm not going to walk on that trail. I'm going to let it grow over. I'm going to help it grow over. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, sorry, did you have something to say, Mary? No, I just, I like that, um, you know, I think sometimes when, like the first time I did the Whole30, I think there was a lot of effort put into searching for ways to make it easier, searching for ways to make sweet types of foods to replace dessert, um, mm-hmm. to find ways of like tricking my body into thinking like basically tricking my body into thinking I was having sugary foods, right? Like I just wanted it to feel easy Mm -hmm. and I wanted all of the things that sugar gave me, but from foods that didn't have sugar in them. Yeah. And I think that was a mistake. Oh, for sure. Because thinking that something, you know, that is almost like a drug, Mm -hmm. not illegal, but it, no. it acts like a drug in your body and yes. thinking that getting rid of it totally is going to feel uh, like fun. <laughs> <laughs> breezy, easy, breezy, fancy, free. You won't even notice. No, you won't. <laughs> you know, and I think, right, like it's going to be hard and it's totally worth it because yeah. you're going to yeah. notice things that are different about yourself. Yeah, totally. And if you don't, like truly, this is the other thing, right? Like if you don't eat sugar. Yeah. Right? Like if you like if I went a month without sugar and it did absolutely nothing, which I doubt will happen for you, but if that is true for you, like if you got rid of sugar and nothing changed, eat that shit. Yeah. (laughs) No, but Mary, that like totally reminds me. I did the same thing, like in, you know, my first paleo challenges. It's like, you're looking for that yeah. kind of like sweet something to take over. Cause I was, I was used to having not, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily have like a full on dessert after a meal, but I remember I'd have like a little piece of chocolate or something like a Hershey's kiss, you know, just something. And so, you know, like really looking, I was definitely looking. So I remember like dates and almond butter and like eating that or like raisins and almond butter. <laughs> just yeah. like, I put raisins in everything. Because like coconut, what is it coconut butter? The coconut butter and raisins. Was coconut good. butter and raisins. Like anything to be like as sweet as possible. And the problem is it just like, it prolongs the process. Yeah. It really does. It does. And it took me a while to like figure that out. Yeah. 
So we want to help you like kind of cut that part out and just. Yeah. It's just, okay. Yeah. It's okay not to have dessert. It's okay not yeah. to have treaty treats. <laughs> it is. Yeah, guys. So these are all the questions and concerns that we have for you today. I hope that you found these insightful and maybe even motivated you to go send sugar for a period of time and know that you can do this. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And if you have other questions, I know we just covered some. I'm sure there's, if you have other questions, please hop onto our Facebook group page and just type them in there and we'd be happy to answer. Yeah. But before we go, we have five tips to help you prepare to go without sugar. So if you're like, yes, I'm motivated. I want to do this. How do I do it? Okay. Tell us. Okay. (laughs) Our first tip for you is what's your why? Always. Always. (laughs) Like I said, okay, we can't express how important your why is. This is your motivation. So when you are on day five and you feel like ass, your kids are driving you crazy and your cravings are a 100 on a scale of one to 10, (laughs) you will want to give in. But if you know your why and it's compelling enough, then this will help you get through those tough days. Yep. For sure. Tip Tip number two, know your potential withdrawal symptoms. So know what will possibly happen and what you will possibly feel when you take sugar out of your diet. This way you don't find yourself three days in with massive migraines and thinking, this is a sign that I need to be eating sugar. This isn't right. working for me. <laughs> or, or don't be surprised, right? Like you take sugar out and you get a migraine. You're like, what's wrong? <laughs> yeah. 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 What's wrong with me? I'm dying. It's because you took sugar out. <laughs> So, so when you know that migraines are a part of withdrawal yeah. symptoms and you get one, you're like, dude, this sucks, but it will go away soon. I just got to get through the next week or so. Right. So, so yeah, just knowing, knowing your potential withdrawal symptoms and what could po- possibly happen. And then, you know, also predict your obstacles. So tip number three is to pr- predict obstacles. This is similar to knowing withdrawal symptoms. When you can predict obstacles, you're able to prepare for them ahead of time. For instance, you might have a party or a gathering to go to, and you know Karen is going to bring her famous monkey bread that you love. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to handle that situation? Because it has a ton of sugar. Um, You can predict that it's going to be difficult to not eat the monkey bread and that you will need to allow your cravings to be present and that it will pass. So knowing that versus just showing up and just being like, oh, crap, Karen brought her monkey bread. Oh, I want some, but oh. And then having that argument in your head at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So predict your obstacles. And our fourth tip for you is to read food labels. And this is so important. There are a lot of foods that contain added sugar that are surprising. So if you are going to go sans sugar for a month, you want to make sure that the crackers you're eating don't contain sugar. And um, we'll put the, the um, I think I have, it's the 56 um, names for sugar. We can, we can put that in the show notes. Awesome. And just know that there could be potentially more um, And our last tip for you is to find a coach. Yeah. 
if you are committed to changing your eating habits, then I highly recommend hiring a coach. Even if it's not Mary or me, the support and accountability can make the difference between lifelong habit change and just trying it out for a while or trying and supposedly failing. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a difference. It sounds simple, you know, in theory and you're like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I got this, I got this. And then there's moments when you feel like you want to crack or break and having, having somebody, a coach or an accountability partner, you know, having somebody else support you through this process, Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. makes it, you know, instead of having to quote unquote, try doing it, you know, five or six times, it's like, get serious about it, get a friend to do it with you, hire a coach, uh, uh, you know, somebody who's going to walk you through it. Yeah. Cause it's so much easier just to do it right the first time versus yep. trying it over and over and over again. Although I'm also into that method. <laughs> 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 nothing wrong with that method. Just know it takes There's nothing longer. wrong. There's nothing yep. wrong. You just got to suffer longer. multiple times instead of just yeah. the one time. Instead of just once. <laughs> <laughs> love it all right friends that's all we have for you today um thank you as always for being awesome and listening into the podcast tune into the next episode where we talk about exercising through life events or basically how to exercise when shit hits the fan um (laughs) if you'd like to know more about us and if you have any questions or comments head on over to our dedicated facebook group and of course you can find me at my website MaryEliesePreston.com or Kisa at her website at KisaAmaro.com. Kisa Amaro is spelled K-E-Y-S-A-A-M-A-R-O.com. Sweet. And guys, if you know someone who you think would benefit from the information shared on our podcast, please share this episode with them. We want to extend our message to and support as many people as possible. And we need your help to get our message out. We would greatly appreciate your help in reaching out to people who could benefit from our podcast. And finally, if you enjoy the show, we would love it if you would leave us an honest review on iTunes. Just go to iTunes, search for the podcast page, hit the tab for ratings and reviews, and click on write a review. Five stars. Woo! That's it. Super helpful. (laughs) Super helpful. All right, everyone. We love you. (laughs) I love you. I I won't speak for Kisa, but I I do. Don't worry. We love you all. You're loved by both of us. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. We'll see you next time.